The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And tonight I have a, my very special guest, whom I hope you will welcome back. She's been here before. It's Dr. Jolene Brighton. Dr. Brighton, welcome to the show. Hi, Marie. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I just had a blast last time that we talked. And I could really tell from that conversation that we had way too much to talk about. So I'll give just a, a kind of a snapshot here to our guests. Dr. Jolene Brighton or earned her doctorate in naturopathic medicine from the National College of Natural Medicine. She also received a BS in nutrition science and completed graduate coursework in molecular nutrition at Cal Poly St. Louis Obispo. Um, she's had extensive training in integrative women's health and autoimmune disease management, and she is a practicing holistic pelvic care provider. Now, you'll be interested to know that today we're going to be talking about Hashimoto's, and Dr. Brighton is particularly interested in Hashimoto's because following the, the birth of her son, uh, she was affected with postpartum uh, thyroiditis. She is the author of the book, Healing Your Body Naturally After Childbirth, The New Mom's Guide to Navigating the First Trimester. I know that all of you are going to be interested in everything that Dr. Brighton has to say. Uh, some of you may remember that a few weeks ago, she explained to us, because I remember saying to her, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what a naturopathic doctor is? And so she told us that the naturopathic doctor has the ability to diagnose and prescribe pharmaceuticals just like a medical doctor, just like an MD. The MD is specially trained to identify and prescribe alternative treatments, uh, including dietary supplements. But uh, especially for Dr. Brighton, her aim is to help patients to, I believe I am quoting her exactly here, navigate the space between the pharmaceutical and the non-pharmaceutical diagnostics and treatment. Dr. Brighton, did, is that an accurate description? Absolutely. I think you did a wonderful job summarizing <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to recap there. So, okay, you know, with the last show, just as we were starting to come to a close, you mentioned the the part the uh, problem of postpartum thyroiditis, and I suddenly realized how important that topic might be. Sort of felt like we kind of short shrifted it there. So this is a little bit of part two. But before we get 
kind of launched into this, I want to make sure we're all kind of on the same tray of vocabulary. What is postpartum thyroiditis and what does that have to do with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's disease? Can you delineate those for us, please? Absolutely. And I think this is a fantastic place to start because this is where both patients and practitioners get really confused because it's a lot of terminology swimming around here. So postpartum thyroiditis is an autoimmune thyroid disease that comes on as a result of giving birth. So just the act of bringing a human into this world can be the triggering factor that launches you into an autoimmune condition. Now I should back up and say, you know, what autoimmunity is, is when your immune system starts recognizing you as not you. So the immune system's job is to go around and to assess what's self and what's not self. And anything that's not you, your immune system should mount a response to and if needed, attack and remove from the body. However, in autoimmunity, your body gets confused. In, in some way, it begins recognizing your tissue, and in this case, your thyroid tissue, as foreign, as something that should be destroyed. So postpartum thyroiditis... Oh, sorry. Were you, <laughs> no, I no, I, I was just saying, yikes, the idea of, of my body attacking my own thyroid doesn't feel very good. <laughs> no, definitely not. It definitely doesn't feel good, which you know, brings us into the, the, what's the hypothyroidism. So in postpartum thyroiditis, you can have either hyper, which is too much thyroid hormone, or hypo, too little thyroid hormone beginning. So you, it's approximately, I'd say 20 to 40% of women will have hyperthyroid symptoms at about one to four months after the birth of their child. So that'll look like anxiety, maybe sleeplessness. And uh, the, the one symptom everybody loves is that you start losing weight. Weight, yep. <laughs> Right? Everybody loves that, except that can be a sign of thyroid disease. And then somewhere, you know, between two to six months after birth is usually when we see the hypothyroid symptoms coming on. So that's going to be, you know, feeling really cold, we lose our hair and we might feel depressed, two symptoms that go along with just being postpartum. So it can make this disease hard to catch. But we can also see a decline in breast milk. Hypothyroidism, can, it can actually manifest as the beginning stages um, when you're seeing a woman's breast milk decline. And so the hypo, you know, the hypo, the low thyroid function, we see that, you know, that's about 50% of women with postpartum thyroiditis. And it may be the only way the condition expresses itself is with the hypothyroid symptoms. So let me just recap what I've said so far. Postpartum thyroiditis, an autoimmune disease that's triggered just by the fact that you had a baby, then can lead into hypothyroid symptoms. So hypothyroid is that you've had your thyroid gland either destroyed to the point where it cannot produce any thyroid hormone or there's been enough of an attack that's happened in the postpartum period that now your brain, your thyroid, and your adrenal glands, they're not communicating in the way that they should be. That can also be an, another reason for having the drop in thyroid hormone and developing hypothyroidism. Now, when it comes to Hashimoto's, now Hashimoto's is recognized as the underlying cause for hypothyroidism, with estimates of about 90 to 95% of all Americans who have hypothyroidism actually having an autoimmune condition. So that's Hashimoto's. Oh. You, yeah, it's, it's a big number. And um, you know, some people listening to this might say, well, wait, isn't hypothyroidism caused by an iodine deficiency? Definitely true, but not true in the United States. We have our iodized salt. We have plenty, oh. plenty of sources of iodine. Right, right. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. 
Wow. And so the oh, I just let me just finish with the postpartum thyroid and the Hashimoto's and differentiate those two. Um, so with the women, when you get diagnosed with postpartum thyroiditis, it's because you have an autoimmune thyroid condition that's developed immediately following birth or several months later. And about 70% of women will go into remission at 12 months postpartum. Now, if you don't, if you're in that 20 to 30% of women who don't go into remission, at that point, it's deemed Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And ah. that is considered to be lifelong. So does that all make sense? I know that was, yeah. it, there's a lot of terminology there. Yeah, it sounds to me like hypothyroidism may or may not be something that is triggered by an autoimmune thing, right? Yes. So hypothyroidism, you can also have a nutrient deficiency or sure. an issue with conversion. There's a lot of other re reasons you might have hypothyroidism. Um, but the Hashimoto's is the autoimmune and the postpartum thyroiditis is also autoimmune. Yikes. Uh, I, I'm just thinking, I was really concerned about the part about the two to six months. I'm a little ahead of myself here. But uh, one of the questions, you spouted off a whole lot of statistics here. I guess I'm wondering, are there folks, postpartum women, are there postpartum women out there who just plain don't get diagnosed? They just feel crummy and they just don't get diagnosed? I'm so happy that you're bringing up this question <laughs> because the short answer is yes. And I was actually one of those women that wow. I, I suffered from a myriad of simple symptoms and I went, you know, conventional doctor, uh, you know, naturopathic doctor, uh, you know, chiropractor, just seeing all of these practitioners and everyone telling me, you know, you're tired because you're a mom and you need to sleep more and stress less. And it turned out that I actually had an autoimmune disease. And when I started digging into literature, cause I wondered how come I didn't hear about this? Like I went to medical school and you know, this was just something that was like, Oh, postpartum thyroiditis, some women get it. Except that we know that one in 12 women get this worldwide after, after having a baby. And in the United States, it's estimated, you know, a conservative estimate is 10% of all births will result in women developing postpartum thyroiditis. And that's, that to me is a little bit scary that yeah. we're, we're not screening for this. And it's something that, you know, a lot of experts, myself included, are starting to call attention to that, you know, if this is so common, why don't, why don't we dig deeper? Why don't we start checking women for this? This. And there have been studies that are calling for that and saying, you know, once upon a time, we thought postpartum thyroiditis was transient. And now, you know, at, at this junction, the research is saying this isn't transient. And in fact, this postpartum thyroiditis, although they might go into remission at 12 months, they have a 50% chance of developing it with subsequent pregnancies. Or if they still have the antibodies circulating, they might, they might not be able to get pregnant. It could result in infertility. So now there's a lot more of a call for us to be looking at what's happening postpartum and and definitely a lot of experts calling the attention to the fact that you know autoimmunity is on the rise, childbirth is a trigger and these these moms what they're experiencing isn't necessarily transient. Yeah, because I'm thinking about some mothers that I've worked with where they tell me some of these symptoms but they tell me that the doctor at six weeks said, oh, no, your thyroid is fine. Well, we're going to go into that deeper in one of the uh, coming up segments, so I don't want to go there quite yet. But I do want to say that there's, I'm not a doctor, but there's this part of me that says, whoa, this isn't right. It doesn't sound right. Clearly to the woman, it doesn't feel right or she wouldn't be telling me this stuff. And so it just seems to me like there's really uh, uh, 
a real need to identify this early in the game. Before we go to break, Dr. Brighton, can you just tell me, I often hear people say about autoimmune diseases, this or anything, or any other autoimmune diseases, that childbirth is a trigger. Can you give us kind of the physiology of why that's a trigger? Yes. So for the sake of time, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly, but there's Th1 and Th2, two aspects of your immune system. When you're pregnant, Th2 is dominant, which protects baby from your immune system. Once you deliver baby, your Th1 immune system comes back online, which is the part of the immune system that is responsible for the autoimmunity. So your TH1 system comes back online, your hormones drop as soon as that placenta is delivered, and then you roll into the one of the most stressful times of your life where you're not sleeping and you, you may not be eating well and you know, you're definitely feeling the stress of motherhood. And so all of those things together, those can set us up for autoimmunity just by giving birth. But after the break, we can dive in deeper to what it takes to actually f- to, to develop an autoimmune disease. Well, it sounds to me like in the short haul, what you're really saying here is that in pregnancy, the baby is supp- the the body is supposed to not be fighting off the baby, and so the immune system is depressed. And then afterwards, it, as you say, comes back online, and sometimes apparently really uh, gangbusters. So we'll we'll dive into more of this when on the other side of the break. We're going to talk a lot more about these common symptoms that uh, maybe our listeners have already experienced, and we're going to uh, talk about this in substantially more detail. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. I have today my special guest, uh, Dr. Jolene Brighton, author of Healing Your Body Naturally After Childbirth. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. 
Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me today on Born to be Breastfed. My special guest is Dr. Jolene Brighton, MD. She is author of Healing Your Body Naturally After Childbirth, The New Mom's Guide to Navigating the Fourth Trimester. So before the break, we were talking about the different kinds of uh I guess, technical language, really, about Hashimoto's disease, hypothyroidism, and postpartum thyroiditis. But we're going to get into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty here. Most of all, these symptoms, because what I'm concerned about is, I know that there are some listeners out there who might be saying, ooh, I wonder if that would explain me or my symptoms or how I feel. And it seems to me that one of the things that's a little bothersome to me is, let's take the hair, for example. Um, People's hair, uh, women's hair does thin out. So talk to us, and that's normal, but like sometimes it's not normal. So talk to us a little bit about that there are a number of common symptoms that women might experience if they do have this postpartum thyroiditis. So what should the mother be on the lookout for? Number one is definitely fatigue. And that that's something that I really like to define. You know, a lot of people say I'm fatigued these days. And what they really mean is that they're tired. Whereas fatigue is a medical diagnosis. I mean, this is, this is a term we use to describe, you know, people who are dead tired. And that's exactly what it feels like. And some of these women who have hypothyroidism, it's, I have patients that will say to me, you know, I, I get so tired, I literally feel like I must be dying because that's how tired I am. And anyone listening to this that's a mom is probably thinking, well, yeah, I've been there. And I have a three-year-old. I'm still there sometimes with, <laughs> with his sleep schedule. So this is, you know, the symptoms here, I just want to say your, your doctor, your healthcare provider, they're not, they're not a bad guy or bad person because they miss this or, you know, because, you know, they didn't, they didn't listen. It's that, you know, a lot of these symptoms do look like what it's like to be a new mom. So there's the yeah. fatigue. There's the thinning of the hair. You might feel anxious in the beginning if it's more of the hyper symptoms, or you might feel depressed. And, you know, postpartum depression is a very real thing. However, I always ask all of my patients, and actually any woman who's had a baby, if you feel any inkling of depression, get your thyroid checked out because that's a big underlying cause for depression. 
But other things that women might, you know, start to notice is maybe they're having constipation or they might be having diarrhea or alternating between the two. That can be definitely a sign of thyroid issues. Um, Joint pain or waking with a morning headache, maybe some neck stiffness. Um, If you wake with a headache and it gets better throughout the day, that's very indicative of thyroid hormonal issues as well. Say that again now. We're waking up with the morning headache, but then it it subsides? Yes, it starts to get better throughout the day. Um, I know so, that. Yeah, that's th- that one and then the decline in breast milk. Uh, those are two big ones that most people don't realize. Like that's, that's a sign that something might be going on in the thyroid. Um, what usually brings women in, if the fatigue doesn't though, is the dry skin and the loss of hair. And some hypothyroid patients and I was definitely one of those, will get uh, such dry skin that on the knees and then the elbows, you'll get really thickening of the skin and you can see cracking along the heels. Uh, The skin will get really thick and start to crack there. Um, And then some of the other things that, you know, might just be kind of transient findings is maybe for the first time ever you have high cholesterol, that your cholesterol is elevated. Your doctor might touch your thyroid and find that it's boggy or enlarged, which you may have noticed if you're having difficulty swallowing. Or in some patients, uh, when you get hypothyroid, you'll actually have sugar deposits that go onto your vocal cords. And so some women will notice that their voice is a little gravelly or a little deeper. This is completely reversible, by the way, once, once, the, the, once the underlying issue has been corrected. For people who are listening and thinking, oh my gosh, my hair's going to fall out, my skin's going to be dry, my voice is going to change, and you might be gaining weight. None of that sounds appealing. But if that's happening in you, get your thyroid checked out. Because if that's the issue, that's something that's it's, it's easy to correct. Correct. Once you identify what you're working with. Um, and then the very last thing I would say is that, you know, in the postpartum, a lot of women don't, you know, they're not going to have their period until you know, maybe six to 12 months. You might be the exception that, you know, ha- has your period sooner. But if you start, if you've always had a period like clockwork, and now all of a sudden your periods come back and it's irregular or you, you know, you're, you're having really heavy periods or maybe you're struggling with infertility after the birth of your baby. It's a good idea to investigate the thyroid then as well. See, what kind of confuses me here and bothers me a little bit is that there's a whole lot of these things that could be normal. I'm uh, The dry skin part with the heels, I'm thinking to myself, Wow, Jolene, if you were sitting next to me, you'd wonder what happened to my heels. <laughs> you know, I got pretty dry skin on my heels. But but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a a, a, a hypothyroidism condition. Am I making sense here in, in asking how do you tell when it's when it's abnormal versus oh, it's just a variation of normal. The the yes. same thing with the getting the period. You know, some women don't get their period for a long time, some get it sooner. And how much they're supplementing the baby with with formula makes a difference. I mean, all, don't can't you just see yourself saying, "Oh, you know, it might be just blah blah blah." So that is exactly why we pra- I practice individualized medicine, and we approach the person from the standpoint that. You know, they live in their body. And that's, and you know, during the break, you shared something with me where you were like, I just have this gut feeling sometimes talking to patients that this isn't right. 
But your patients also have that feeling as well. Yeah, that's and true. so, you know, these symptoms, they might be totally normal. I mean, some, and so, it's not always your thyroid. Something else might be going on as well. But this is where I think as healthcare providers, it's, it's really our responsibility to listen to the patient's story. They give you more, I mean, you're privy to more information than you could ever get on a lab test or a physical yes. exam just in that patient's story. Yes, yes. So, it's something where we, we have to take the collection of symptoms and we have to understand the timeline of the progression. When did things start? Were there triggering factors? Is there a family history of autoimmune disease? Oh, right, um, right. That's something to consider as well. And once, once I've gathered all that information, I've taken the patient's story. From there, that's when we, we do lab work. And so that's how we can really tell if it's a thyroid issue. There are definitely practitioners out there who, you know, say things like, oh, I've treated so much thyroid. Um, I don't need to run a test. I can just tell you're hypothyroid. We can start you on this supplement or start you on this medication. And I've definitely seen this on both sides of the spectrum, both conventional doctors and integrative doctors. And that, I just, frankly don't agree with that. Like we need to do the lab tests and then we need to correlate the lab tests with the patient's story and what they're sensing. Because just because the labs look normal at face value, when you start to dive in and you look at how is the brain talking to the thyroid and how is the thyroid responding and what are the and are the tissues converting it? And you look at the whole picture, you can get a really good sense of what's taking place. And you know, just to bring it full circle to the idea that, you know, it's not it's not always the thyroid you can have a thyroid issue due to a vitamin A deficiency. And if you're low in vitamin A, your brain won't talk to your thyroid correctly, and then your body can't take that, thi- that thyroid hormone up into the cells. And that's not, that's not directly your thyroid's fault, and it's not autoimmune. It's a, it's a deficiency in a nutrient, but it impacts the thyroid. So, yes, you have a thyroid condition, but it's not due to the gland. That to me, that is so insightful. And I would also say I have seen doctors who don't necessarily spend a lot of time listening to the patients. They instantly do the labs, and then I've seen those that will, as you say, you know, oh, I've treated hundreds of cases of this, so forget the labs. And it really has to be a little bit of, con- in my opinion, a little bit of confirmation of both. And. Uh, it's, I think it's really important to ask the right questions. When I was a young nurse, I had a, a family practice doc who told me that, and I never forgot it. He said 85% of the diagnosis can come from asking the right questions and listening. And I do believe that's so true. But lab values are a, a big part of that other 15%, certainly. Uh, I want to go back to... Did you mention joint pain? Have have you seen joint pain with with this as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And my for myself personally, that was one of my first um, symptoms that I was like, something's not right. Is because yeah. my feet would hurt so bad I, every time I got out of bed. Yeah. Um, you'll see. Oh yeah, like your your joints. I mean, if you think about how much you use your feet every day, and <laughs> that you depend True. on your thyroid hormone to recover your muscles, um, uh-huh. <laughs> those little tiny muscles they need some love too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my patients they'll have joint pain, and then another big thing is they'll have a decreased exercise tolerance and then difficulty recovering. So they'll go for a fifteen minute walk, and then they are like, oh, and I'm like, it's three days later, I'm still filling that walk. That's a big tip off that, okay, we might have inflammation, but we definitely have some kind of hormonal issue going on here because you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be feeling that off of a walk. Yeah. You know, as I hear you talking, I'm getting a better 
answer to the question that's been floating around in my mind is that some of these things could be explained by I'm tired because my, my kid is awake at night or whatever. But for instance, some of this stuff sounds to me like, yeah, you might have those and it might be explainable by whatever, but these symptoms sound rather exaggerated to me. Would that be a fair statement? Yes. And not everybody expresses the same way. So yeah, Uh a lot of patients are fatigued. That's pretty universal, but not all patients have headaches or hair loss or changes in their skin. Like we might not be seeing those things. Um, And it's just every single cell in your body has a receptor for thyroid hormone. It can show up in any way, which is why I think the lab testing is so important. Yes. Yes. Wow. Oh, I've learned so much here, and I know that you have so much more to share with us. Uh, When we come back, I want you to address a little bit more about the hypothyroidism and how it can affect milk supply, because I know we have many breastfeeding mothers who are listening today. And um, also, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that timeline, because I do believe that that's one of the things that, uh, at least in my life, sort of feels like it's tough. Hey, listen, everybody, don't go away. We are going to come back. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Dr. Jolene Brighton. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Dr. Jolene Brighton author of Healing Your Body Naturally After Childbirth, The New Mom's Guide to Navigating the the Fourth Trimester. Dr. Jolene Brighton is a naturopathic doctor, an ND, and before the break, she was talking about uh, some of these symptoms that appear with uh, the postpartum thyroiditis. Uh, I want to ask you this. You said this in the first segment, about how hypothyroidism tends to crop up 
more or less in the two to six months neighborhood, and I assume that that's a range. But one of the things that I, as a breastfeeding expert, see is that women are telling me uh, my milk supply is going down. Well, you know, the first thing that I think of is, well, yeah, you know, you're four months postpartum. Your kid is probably sleeping through the night. You've probably gone back to work. You've probably got blah, 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 blah. And I can think of 50 million reasons why her milk supply goes down. Mm-hmm. But I also know that the hypothyroidism could be one of those factors. Talk to us a little bit about how, if you're in my shoes, how do you start to say to the woman, look it, I think that you really need some some help here with, with the thyroid. Tell me, how how do we sort of start to figure that out? Yeah, so, you know, definitely when a, when a woman comes to you and, and whatever the presenting symptoms are, it, it's something that I want to flesh out all the details of the story. So before before a patient comes to me, there's there's pages upon pages of paperwork that they have to fill out. And okay. part of that is so that I get a really clear picture, but it's also so they get really clear with themselves about health. Mm. In my clinic, we are all about educating and empowering patients so that they're not dependent on me as a doctor, but rather they have a really good understanding of what's happening with their body. And so the intake is is part of that. So when they come in, I ask them more questions. Uh, they, they usually tell me uh, it's more questions than they've ever been asked before by anyone sure. in their life. And <laughs> what I'm looking for is, you know, when did all of this start? I, you know, as I alluded to in the previous segment, segment, I wanted to know about, you know, family history as well. What was mom's, what was your mother's birth like? What was her pregnancy? Is there any family history of infertility? And then specifically thyroid disease. And then, you know, we, we just jump in into understanding you know, what, what's gone on specifically for her, how have the symptoms progressed? And there's definitely this timeline things will follow where, and even women. So for example, I had this, um, patient who she just, um, it's, she's what, two weeks away from delivering her second baby with her first baby. Um, when she came out of that pregnancy, that's when she, she, she told me in her history, that's the first time that she ever felt completely, you know, wrecked and fatigued and like her health was crumbling. And so she actually told me that I've never felt right since the birth of my first child. She had a lot of issues, um, with fatigue, postpartum depression. She was afraid to have another child. And when she did try to have a second child, she ended up having a miscarriage. And she came to me with this story. And so, you know, I was like, well, we have to dive in. We have to, we have to order labs. I've heard this story. She had a decline in breast milk that happened around six months, which is also the onset of her uh, postpartum depression. Mm. That for me is a big red flag. No one had tested her thyroid before. So we run her thyroid panel. She is, in fact, um, hypothyroid, and she had antibodies. So two antibodies in particular. She had anti-TPO, which is anti-thyroid peroxidase, and anti-thyroglobulin. Both of those are the two antibodies we should be checking for for Hashimoto's. So that's the, the number one cause for hypothyroidism in the United States. And so what we found is she had these skyrocketed, elevated TPO antibodies, and we had, we had done some lab work on her gut as well, and we found that she had a parasite. So, you know, Whoa. long story short, I know. <laughs> so um, parasite and yeast overgrowth. So we ended up, um, we treated her gut. That's the seat of your immune system. And we've seen through the work of Dr. Fasano, who's an expert in autoimmunity, that all patients with autoimmune disease have some, they have or had ha- have had at some point intestinal hyperpermeability, which uh-huh, is commonly uh-huh. known as leaky gut. Leaky gut. So we, yep. Yeah. 
So we worked on her gut. We got her antibodies down. We corrected her hypothyroidism using a medication, and she became pregnant. She's two weeks from delivering now. Everything has been fantastic, and she's she's been super excited, and we've put together a whole postpartum plan for her on exactly you know what we're going to do to prevent the autoimmune flare as much as possible when she delivers and you know things that she's going to do to really nurture and take care of herself um, I share the same birth plan that I use I use this with my patients and and if anybody's interested in grabbing it they can actually go to healingafterchildbirth.com and you can download the fourth trimester trimester birth plan um, and it's everything that you know I ask my patients just start thinking about this stuff type it up you know work on your birth plan send it out to all your family with the caveat that you can change your mind at any time because that's your right but to have things on there and to be thinking about who who's your postpartum team and if if x y and z happens how do you want people to treat you in that moment do you want people coming over in the first couple weeks can someone do meal delivery things like that and as as simplistic as they seem that lowers your stress and we know that stress has a huge impact in postpartum depression but also breastfeeding and sometimes that stress alone can be an obstacle to successful breastfeeding um, so it, it's something I really think if, if we planned as much for the fourth trimester, that early postpartum, those three months following the birth of baby, as we did for the actual birth, and motherhood would be a lot easier, you know, once we hit the ground running, even, even though I'm going to say it ain't easy. It is not easy. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. So you've talked several times about the importance of lab values and, and, and having lab tests. What specifically should the mother and her provider be looking for in terms of lab tests? Yeah, so this is an excellent question. Let's talk through some thyroid physiology so everyone understands why we run what labs we do. So I already talked about the anti-TPO and anti-thyroglobulin antibodies. Those should always be run with those that postpartum panel. Okay. I also like to run it in women. Um, if I'm if they're coming in to see me the first time and they're in their third trimester, I do try to order the antibodies. Odds are they're going to be negative, and that can be a false negative just because of what the immune system is doing. But if it's a positive, we we can pretty much guarantee postpartum thyroiditis is on the horizon. Oh. And so okay. if I can prevent that, that's I'm all about it. So. Okay. Now, to understand hormones, there's in the classic thyroid hormone that every provider tests is the TSH, which is thyroid yes. stimulating hormone. That's, oh, what, that's what I was going to say. Everybody yeah, gets yeah. that. Everybody yeah. does that. And that's, that's a, from, coming from the pituitary. So this is what your brain says to your thyroid. But I want to know, how does your thyroid respond? And so your <laughs> thyroid responds by secreting mostly T4. Yep. Um, it'll be about 80%. There's about 20% of T3, which is the active thyroid hormone coming from the thyroid. But the majority is going to be T4. So I actually like to see a free T4 because I want to see how much bioavailable hormone there is. That means hormone that isn't bound to protein that your body can utilize. And what your body does with that T4 is it converts it to T3. Now, free T3 is what I look look at again, the free hormone. It's responsible for keeping you warm, your metabolism. Uh, you know, it's pretty much if you think yeah, overall metabolism, even growing hair. That's that's your T three. That's what's making you feel awesome, and that's got to get converted from T four to T three. That's going to happen in the liver, in the gut, in the kidneys, and then other tissues throughout the body. 
So I like to see TSH, what the brain says to the thyroid, free T4, how the thyroid responds, and then free T3, is your body converting it? Because at any place in, the, in that whole pathway, you could have a problem. And it can even go further beyond that where, you know, sometimes there can be lots of inflammation or stress that is affecting how your brain talks to your adrenal glands, which are two little glands that sit on top of your kidneys and they secrete cortisol, which for everyone listening, cortisol is not bad. It does cause belly fat, but it's a really important hormone, especially in new moms because it keeps inflammation at bay and it helps regulate your immune system and it really, really likes regular sleep, regular meals, low stress, pretty much everything a baby will never give you. That's, that's what your thyroid <laughs> or excuse me, your yes. adrenal glands love. Um, so that's, that's the basic thyroid panel that I, I like to look at. And then we can go even further and looking at reverse T3 if we think there's like an infection or a thyroid problem. But I would say, you know, for everyone out there just wanting to have that screen, starting with the TSH, free T4, free T3, and then the thyroid antibodies, which if anyone's listening and like, I didn't write all that down, you can head to my website. And you can actually search on my blog, Thyroid Labs, and there will be a video there where I explain all of this again. So, Oh, yes. I saw that. That's quite good, by the way. Yes. Yeah, I was looking yeah. around in there. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, here's the other thing. As I hear you talking, forgive me if I'm oversimplifying this, but when I teach my uh, comprehensive lactation course, one of the things I talk about is that it is both the brain and the endocrine system are regulating your body and I hear you talking and what I hear is it's not just this hormone or that hormone or this brain or that gland it's really that whole interaction am I oversimplifying that or is that true no, that is so beautifully said, and that's exactly how it is, and that's why we can't look at only the TSH, because yeah. your brain isn't always screaming at your thyroid, which is when your TSH is you know, up at 10. Sometimes your TSH looks fine, and even your free T4 looks fine, but you're not converting to T3. And as I said you know, in the last segment, this, you could have a vitamin A issue. You could have a B12 issue. You might have an iron issue, and these nutrients, those might be impacting your thyroid, or you know, heaven, heaven forbid that, you know, you had a hemorrhage after the birth of your baby. I was just going to ask that. Yep. Yeah. And you yeah. can develop uh, Sheehan syndrome where, yep. you know, the pituitary, you, you had such a reflex to save your life. This is a good thing, but right. your blood vessels just basically clamped off and didn't give your pituitary the blood it needed. And that can affect now your pituitary is not talking to your thyroid. And in these conditions, there's even autoimmune disease that affects the hypothalamus and the pituitary. But any of those conditions that affect the brain, you don't necessarily see all of the brain hormones cease. Sometimes it's just TSH or sometimes it's just ACTH, which is how you talk to your adrenal glands. Sometimes, you know, it's LH and FSH, how you're talking to your ovaries. So, you know, it can, it can show up in many ways and it isn't until it's well enough progressed that we'll see that across the board that all hormones are being affected. Um, and just to clarify, you know, that, that condition of, you know, having a pituitary issue is much more rare than having a postpartum thyroiditis or Hashimoto's. Yeah, because as I was hearing you talk, I was thinking it doesn't even need to be a full blown bleed out, but there are people that lose a couple of liters of blood. And I was thinking about then if you've lost that much blood, then you may be down on your iron. And if you're down on your iron, then 
does that kind of go along with it? And I guess the answer is yes. Yes. Uh, And even being anemic could be, you know, having too low of iron, you could develop postpartum depression. So again, it's, you know, although I'm here to talk about the thyroid today, you know, people, people tend to jump on a wagon where everything is thyroid or everything is adrenal or everything's leaky gut. And we really need to stand back and look at the whole person and the whole story. Uh, we have only a couple of uh, half a minute here before we go to break. Uh, do you know if there is a relationship uh, percentage wise between depression and postpartum hy- uh, thyroiditis? It, like, is it is it a lot? So, so the interesting thing is is that there's lots of studies that show that depression and hypothyroidism go hand in hand. That's what and I And that's thought. absolutely and it's a very it's it's the number one cause for depression in older adults is hypothyroidism, but the postpartum research just hasn't caught up to that to where they're like we don't know if it makes a difference or not. And the problem is is that they're addressing only the thyroid and not the autoimmunity and not the inflammation, which is a whole other topic about the cytokine theory of depression in which the inflammation rises up and that disrupts your serotonin pathways, thereby making quinolinic acid and these other things that are neurotoxins. So, you know, it's it's not just the thyroid, it's what's causing that thyroid disease. Absolutely. Hey everybody, don't go away because when we come back as as awful as all of this may sound, Dr. Brighton is going to help us to look beyond the signs and symptoms in the labs and all of that and talk about what treatments might be appropriate here so that we can really get you past this. Okay, everybody, uh, see you on the other side of the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my guest, uh, Dr. Jolene Brighton. Dr. Brighton, you've talked so much today about the prevalence of postpartum thyroiditis, the signs and symptoms, the lab tests, the fact that some people just kind of say, oh, well, you know, this probably isn't a real problem, but it actually is. But let's say that they really do get diagnosed. Uh, Are they doomed forever, or can you help these people? What kind of treatments are available? They are not doomed forever, and that's the good news about autoimmune disease. Now, Something I do want to clarify is that you you can't cure autoimmune disease. Like sure. once you've had it, you have it. And but we can put it into remission. And so I just like to clarify that because you know sometimes people go chasing a cure and we don't as humans we don't like to we don't like to accept that some diseases are incurable. And that's that's great. That's great that you have that drive, but sure. it is something important to recognize that you know once you start to make changes, there's going to your autoimmunity is going to keep you really honest. So you know, the first thing we have to look at when we approach a patient with postpartum thyroiditis is you know, what was what was underlying, what was brewing, you kind of you know behind the scenes before before birth of baby even happened. And you know, the majority of the time, there is something going on in the gut. Now, as I talked about in the last segment, there's intestinal hyperpermeability, or what's known as leaky gut. But what might precede that is an episode of food poisoning, or maybe they traveled out of the country, um, you know, and then, you know, went to India. Everybody comes back from India with a parasite, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, something, something's happened in the gut. And, And I should say too, it could be taking birth control or ibuprofen or just having a really stressful job. We know all of these things can cause intestinal hyperpermeability. And then if you have the genes... And then a triggering event, then you're looking at an autoimmune disease. So we've got to back up and we've got to look at the gut. 70 to 80% of the immune system is there. If we want to balance things, we have to investigate what's happening with the gut. But that can take some time. And a lot of women that, you know, come in for postpartum thyroiditis, they're, they're already suffering with the symptoms. And what breaks my heart is that they're really being robbed of the joy of motherhood. Um, it's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies, but there's there's a lot of joy in being a mother that you don't get to experience when you don't have the energy to get up with your child or you're in so no. much pain you can't hold them. Yeah. And so when a woman comes in with postpartum thyroiditis, we need to seriously consider the use of medication. And I the reason why I want to bring this up in particular is because there's people on, you know, both sides of the spectrum that are like, no, you don't give anyone thyroid medication no matter what. And then there's other people who are like, you only give them Synthroid, and that's yeah, it. And, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's the truth is that there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes okay. to medication, okay. is that some people do fantastic on Synthroid, and some people do terrible, and they can only tolerate Natrothroid or Armor, which are naturally desiccated thyroid hormones. So 
I'm not married to the idea that, you know, we've got to use one medication. But what we do know is that anyone left untreated with hypothyroidism is at a higher risk for, you know, all of those symptoms that I said. But, you know, long term is we're increasing their morbidity and mortality if we're denying them a medication. Now, everybody has the right to, you know, choose or refuse a medication. But it's something I really like to frame thyroid hormone in the way that this is a natural hormone that your body should be making. It's something you need. Every, every cell needs this hormone. So if you're showing hypothyroid symptoms and your labs are showing your hypothyroid, I strongly urge women to consider using a medication. Knowing that's not the end-all be-all, that's not where I'm going to stop is just giving you a medication and sending her away, I'm going to still dig deeper and look for other things. So I talked about the gut health, but I also want to know how are your adrenal glands? If your adrenal glands are you know, experiencing what's more known as hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction, said a different way, is adrenal fatigue, um, your adrenals aren't fatigued. Your brain and your adrenals are just not talking right to each other. And if that's happening and you've got a lot of inflammation, it's going to be really hard to control that. So we got to look at adrenal health. And then, as I alluded to before, nutrient status. So vitamin D3. Everybody listening, you need to be tested. Just don't go out to the health food store and start supplementing because too much vitamin D3 can cause calcification of the arteries. That's problematic. But the right amount can reverse autoimmune disease. And if you're a pregnant woman with thyroid antibodies, getting your vitamin D3 or your vitamin, the 25 hydroxylase vitamin D in the blood, somewhere between 50 to 70, you're going to be at a lower risk for postpartum thyroiditis. And those levels can help you reduce any of the symptoms that you're having that are due to the autoimmune flare. Now, a couple other nutrients I want to point out. We talked a little bit about iodine before. Don't start iodine if you think you have a thyroid problem. And I'm very, very adamant about this because there are countless numbers of studies, even those where they introduce iodine as part of salt supplementation to a population, that they see rises in autoimmune thyroid disease. So, Iodine can flare an autoimmune thyroid disease. You absolutely need iodine while you're pregnant. So everyone listening, if you're pregnant, you need somewhere from 200 to 300 micrograms every day for baby's brain development. But you shouldn't be going much higher than that. And you always want to balance that with selenium as well. And about 200 micrograms of selenium has been shown to not only support the thyroid health, but also to reduce the thyroid autoimmunity. Ooh, nice. I'm liking it. And as you can tell, uh, everybody, this woman has just an incredible amount of information. So honestly, you know, Dr. We, we can't have you all the time here. So where else can we find you? Um, tell us where we can find you if we live in California. Um, tell us where your website is. How do we find you? So you can find me at drbrighton.com, and it's Brighton like the sun. So it's D-R-B-R-I-G-H-T-E-N. So you can find me at drbrighton.com. I have a practice in Oakland, California, and Portland, Oregon. So whether you're in California or Oregon, um, you can you can you can see me there. Um, and then as a special gift for some of the stuff that we were talking about, um, if you go to my website, drbrighton.com slash postpartum, there's actually a whole list there of, of just ideas and helpful tips so that, you know, wherever you're at with your postpartum stage, you can start to look at these things, discuss them with your doctor and support yourself. 
And then don't forget to go to healingafterchildbirth.com where you can grab your free fourth trimester birth plan. And you can also check out my book, which is Healing Your Body Naturally After Childbirth, The New Mom's Guide to Navigating the Fourth Trimester, in which I cover all things postpartum, but especially autoimmune thyroid disease and adrenal health. We wish that we could take you home with us, but maybe we can just take your downloads and your book home with us. That's all the time that we have today. But before we sign off, I'd like to thank my special guest, Dr. Jolene Brighton. Dr. Brighton, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so much fun. And I know it's hard for you and I not to just hang out all the time, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to thank our guests, too. Thank you so much for listening. If it weren't for our listeners, then uh, we wouldn't really have a show. So thank you so much for listening. I'd like to invite all of you to visit my website. If you're a professional and you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practices education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources are on my blog and much more on my professional website, breastfeedingoutlook.com. But if you're a parent, you'll want to visit me. I mean, you can visit me anywhere you want to, but if you're (laughs) a parent, uh, you may visit me at borntobebreastfed.com. Check out our Amazon store there, which will feature Dr. Brighton's book, as well as many other publications that we've had over the last several weeks. And uh, also come and visit my Facebook page and Maybe you want to like us while we're there. Anyway, it has been so much fun uh, tonight. Just remember that I'm Marie Biancuto, and I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, many thanks to Dr. Jolene Brighton. Many thanks to you for being our faithful listeners. And remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.